Hello, this is the Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of the Tribe Lagos. The Tribe Lagos is a gospel expression based in the city of Lagos, committed to reaching the next generation with the message of God's love and grace. May this refresh and revive you as you listen. Last weekend, I, 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 miss, I miss you guys because I wasn't around last week and we've been traveling quite a bit, just up and down, running left, right and center. Uh, but again, it's, it's interesting. So Lydia and I were in Port Harcourt and we had um, we started a conversation because she was going to speak at an event in um, Asaba. So she, was, she, she read from John 4 and so we should... Huh? Okay, John 12, 24, thereabouts. Um, and she was basically sharing about um, that scripture that except a, a seed falls and dies, he abides alone. And um, so we just started to share about understanding um, how we evolve in God. So this morning, I want to take that conversation a little deeper. All right. So today we're going to be talking about becoming. All right. Um, if I say becoming, I don't know what comes to your mind, but you know, typically, when you say becoming, there is um, a sense that um, becoming a better version of yourself. But let me just straight up. If I ask becoming, what comes to your mind? I told you, come and sit here. No, you can give them front. You can sit in front. Okay. All right. So if you ask becoming, what comes to your mind? Anybody? Is that the title? <laughs> Lord have mercy. All right. Um, but what comes to yeah time? Becoming all right. So really, a uh, metamorphosis. Interesting, huh? A journey. It must always be deep. She's <laughs> you know. All right. So, but I think you guys are all right in a sense, but. Typically, what you hear becoming, the first thing that crosses our minds is becoming the better version of yourself. And there's an entire industry built around helping you become better of yourself, a better version of yourself. And I think God designed it that way. Alright? God gave us the capacity, the will, but that's not what I'm talking about. Alright? There's a deeper level of becoming. So when you say becoming the better version of yourself, people say things like becoming, um, how do they say, becoming, uh, fulfilling destiny, dying empty you know evolving into more and if you look at the the whole evolution from uh, the caterpillar up until the butterfly the difference the pupa the lava stage and all of that and all of the evolution there is something going on inside that only comes out at the outside now when i'm talking about becoming this morning i'm talking about something jesus said that got him into trouble all right and he almost got stoned in fact he could have died earlier before the cross if God was not with him in this particular instance. He said, he told them about becoming one with God. And he claimed that he was one with God. And that got them thinking like, guy, hold on, what are you talking about? How can you claim to be one with God? Because he was speaking of something that was lost to the fallen man, that the Adamic mind, the Pharisees and the Sadducees at the time could not understand. So let's look at John, John 10. The conversation started from 19. I'll, I'll pick it up from 19. 
John 10 verse verse 19 again the Jews were divided because of these words many of them were saying he had a, he has a demon and is out of his mind now they were speaking of Jesus um, why listen to him others were saying these are not the words of one who has a demon can a demon open the eyes of the blind 22 at that time the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem it was winter and Jesus was walking in the temple in the in the portico of Solomon so the Jews gathered around him and said to him how long will you keep us in suspense if you are the Messiah tell us plainly so they were running out of patience because Jesus of course had been telling them about coming from heaven not being from earth from above and they quite they, you know, now we can understand because we have the Bible but in their own day and age it was something that they couldn't quite wrap their mind around alright and then he kept saying if, if you look down to 29 it says what my father has given me is greater than all else no one can snatch it out of the father's hand the father and I are one the Jews took up stones again to stone him Jesus replied I have shown you many good works from the father for which of these are you going to stone me the Jews answered it is not for the good work that we are going to stone you but for blasphemy because you though only a human being are making yourself God Jesus answered it is not written is it not written in your law I said you are God so he was quoting from Psalms if those to whom the word of God came were called God's and the scriptures cannot be annulled can you say that the one who the father has sanctified and sent into the world is blaspheming because i i said i am god god's son now trap with me on the conversation that is going here he made a statement and they were rattled by it he said i am my i am my father are one now you probably will not understand what this is saying but if you go to john chapter one all right john chapter one verse one let's look at that so here in john chapter one verse one John was one of the disciples when he started to write about Jesus he did not start from Mary and jo uh, Joseph when um, Luke started Luke started with Mary the word came to Mary Mary received the word and she she conceived of the child but John saw something that was deeper than that place he didn't see the genealogy of Jesus as from David a lot of them Matthew Mark Luke and John they would say oh the seed of David that was promised has come to reclaim the throne and he was saying no 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 John saw something he said in the beginning was the word and the word was God what John was saying right here is that Jesus didn't come on earth. Jesus, the physical body he carried wasn't the definition of who he was. That that word was just, that physical body was just a manifestation of the word. But before the manifestation of the word in flesh, the word was with God and the word was God. So what he was trying to tell them that I and my father are one because he wasn't speaking about his existence in time. He was speaking about his existence before time began. So that before he was even conceived, before the word, before Mary was born, Jesus was. Before Adam, Jesus was. So he was the word that was with God and was with the Father. So when he was saying, I am my Father, I one, he's saying, I, I, I am God, the beginning. Now, one thing you must keep in mind if you hear this thing is that if there is any statement you must take as factual about you, it's not what you read in a book. It has to be what Jesus himself revealed about you. So if he was with God from the beginning, it means that he has a more accurate understanding of one, who God is, and two, who he made you to be. You get the drift. Alright, so don't lose my point. Track with me here. He told them, I and my father are one, and they all picked up stones. Saying, how dare you, son of the carpenter down the road, tell me that you're one with God. Where are you coming from? That's blasphemy. And he said, but I demonstrated miracles. I healed the sick. They said, we're like that. We're not complaining about that. But that you, a mere mortal man, could claim to be God was an insult on us. 
But John was the person giving this account. And from verse 1, when he started to give us the insight into who God was, into who Jesus was, you get. But don't forget that Paul said something. Paul said, we were in the Father before the beginning. What he said was that even you were in the Word before the beginning. That means just the way Jesus did not begin when he was born. You did not begin May 16th or June 17th or whenever your birthday was. You were not, that was not the beginning of your essence. That was not, you existed in God from the beginning. Even before the foundations of the world was laid, Paul said we existed in him. Even before there was, before there was a fall of man, you existed in God. Before anything played out on the surface of the earth, your existence was eternal. Your existence is not in time. So register that in your mind that when I'm talking about your origin, I'm not talking about your origin in time and we're talking about your origin in God. So now track with me. If Jesus was with God in the beginning and we were hidden in him, so think about the process of our creation. How did God create us? Don't forget, I always say this. When it was time to create man, God did not speak to anything. He spoke to himself. When God was going to make the, 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 the fishes, he spoke to the sea. The sea brought out the fishes. When he was going to speak and make plants, he spoke to the earth. But when it was time to create man, he spoke to himself. What it meant is that the raw material for the creation of man was God. That the substance of your creation is God. So you did not, what God did, Isaiah 51 said, look to the rock from which you were caught or from which you were healed. That means he just caught up a chip of himself. All right. And you became. So what you saw in Genesis 2, 7, where he formed man from the dust of the earth was just a, a timely manifestation of an eternal reality. So I was not going to use reality today, Choma. How dare you? All right. So, at the end of the day, what he did was, man was already in Christ, in the Word, in God. And God breathed that man that was in him into the flesh. And man became a living being. But do you realize that all of our education, all of culture, all of tradition, is to reduce you to Genesis 2-7, the formation. But the formation is not the real essence of man. The creation, which was the substance of God in himself, is the real essence of man. And I'm telling you this because what you fundamentally believe is more powerful than the truth. If you believe a lie, the lie will become a reality in your life. So that it's important you have to look at, if we're saying all of these things, and you don't, I, I feel strongly in 2018, becoming is about us coming into that place of manifestation of the life of God in us, that you cannot for a second guess. You know, you're not even, you see, you're, in, you're, you're, you're lost in the essence of who is in you. So think about it. Eh? There is a dimension that I'm going. I'm getting to. If God cut off Himself, made us from Himself, and we became, and then man fell, all of the events of the fall of man, an entire industry, an entire education, an entire industrialization was built on the back of the falling man. And Jesus broke through the scenes. He walked in on the scene and he tried to tell them in John 15 that, see, let me tell you the relationship you have with God. You are not outside of God. You were designed to be a branch to the vine. He, he used some very mind-blowing examples. Think about this for a second. If I go and cut off the branch of a tree, that tree is dead. Because that tree was never designed to live outside of... That branch was never designed to live outside of the, the tree. Every nutrient in the tree comes right from the source, the ground. I make bold to say that your life was designed to live in God. God was the environment where you were meant to thrive. 
God is the environment where you were meant to figure out life. That's the reality. God designed you to exist in him. And that's why there was no separation. Jesus couldn't conceive of a separation with God. Alright, because the extent, he kept saying, see, if the branch is planted, you will get the nutrients. Alright, now, here is the trick. There is sort of like a paradox when you look at the life of Jesus and the life, Paul will say, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And he will still say, you are hidden in Christ. Now, get it. there's a difference though. If he's saying Christ in you, means that Christ entered you. If he's saying you are hidden in Christ, means that you entered Christ. Now, here is the thing. God planted himself as a seed in you when you became born again. But there's also a sense that he planted you in him. So you are a seed in God as much as God is a seed in you. So when I'm talking about becoming, I'm talking about embracing something that is not, you're no longer an individual. You are one with God in the way that you have to rediscover yourself as one that is centered in God. You have to rediscover your God individuality. That individuality of who you are that is planted and rooted in who God says you are. And you have to understand that so that there are different dimensions. So Jesus did not just come down on earth to be with men. He came to demonstrate for us the accurate pattern of life to lift us up to where we ought to be. So think about this for a second. Equality is a falling word. It's a complicated word, so people don't like using it. But if I ask you, what is the meaning of equality? What is equality? Who can help? Same, same. Balance. Same nature. I would, of all the three answers, same nature comes close to it. Same nature is actually it. Now, equilibrium, equality, equity, they speak of a sense of balance. But if you go to, if you, if you have a concordance when you get home, please flip through your concordance and study equality. Equality was talking about same nature. It wasn't talking about that we are equal to God the way we understand. How can you be equal to God? It was talking about we share in his nature. We share something in, we share his DNA. We share that life. Now, for fellowship to be possible, equality has to be. You cannot be equal to something. Eh? You cannot fellowship with something that is not your equal. You can have a relationship with your dog. No, let me crack it for you for a second. You can have a relationship with your dog, but you cannot have fellowship with your dog. Because you're not resonating at the same frequency. Alright, so what, what made fellowship possible was because God has shared with us his essential nature. Now that's why Jesus was talking about in Philippians 5. He said, he thought it not, not he, although he was made, let's look at it, Philippians 5. Where he said he thought it not robbery, alright, though he was made in the God class. He didn't think, now Jesus was not the, comp okay, we'll go first, we'll go, we'll go. Philippians 5 Philippians 4 Okay No, I think it's 2, 5 Let me get there Are you there? Ricky Okay, read that version Let me hear
<clears throat> you know, this is very interesting scripture to crack because um, what he was talking about here that equality with God, the God nature he carried was not in contention. And that same nature you carry is still not in contention. Reject it if you will. Debate it if you must. Doesn't change the fact that God made you in his image and in his likeness and imparted in you your God nature. His God nature. He didn't think it was robbery to claim his equality with God. He didn't think that there was something wrong with him to say, I am my father are one. That as, as my father is, so as you, as you see, if you've seen me, you've seen my father. You know, that's what he said. If you've seen me, you, now this is mind blowing because for a fallen man, a stone will help in cracking this madness out of this guy. Now, the funny thing was, even when yet he was ordinary, do you know Jesus was so ordinary? He took a kiss from Judas to point who he was to the Pharisees from the 12. He was so, you know, these days, you know, if, uh, once you become a pastor, get a few protocols, all right? Um, even in this church, our brother that wears suit is not around today. So clearly we missed out on that one. But, you know, you know, it, 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 he didn't seem to place so much emphasis on separating himself. He was so, almost one and the same with them, but yet he was conscious of who he was in God. And that could not interfere with everything else. So if it had to take bribe, you know those guys, those Pharisees, they, they could play well in Nigerian politics. Just arrange, just sort some people a few brown envelopes. And, and Judas said, I'm going to plant a kiss on him. You would, you would figure it out. And that was how they got to where they were. But at the end of the day, Jesus was still powerful. Because there was this, there's this place of consciousness of who he is in you and who you are in him that is required to become. So becoming is not necessarily about you becoming the best version of yourself. If at all, that's a consequence of an internal reality. The God life in you unfolding. But let me take you back to how this whole becoming thing starts. So how do you become? The word became flesh and dwelt amongst men. Um, the word became flesh and dwelt amongst men. In the beginning, when God was creating, he used the word. He spoke the word. Now, this word is talking about logic, the thought of God. So it was also the manifestation of the thought of God. But when God was creating man, he, the word, he spoke man into existence. When he came to Mary, he said, the power of the Lord will overshadow you from on high. You will conceive. He planted the word in Mary's heart and Mary conceived the word. The word became flesh. If today in your life, you don't have a relationship with the word, your becoming is still a far cry. What can guarantee you transformation is the word. The destiny of the word was not for doctrine. The word was never destined for dogma. The word was not supposed to be in a building. The word was expressly supposed to be flesh. That as you interact with the word of God, there is a deposit of that life of God inside of you. It's like you're building something. You put a, a bit here, you put a build there, you're building, building. That's how the word works at the back end. So that in 2018, you cannot go into 2018 without you understanding that the revelation the word of God that you have is what can guarantee you anything. It is, it is the life we're called to live. It is the eternal life that we seek. It is the success that we yearn for. Anything else of that outside the word of God, you know, that 
there, basically there are three levels of knowledge in in any, maybe in a secular parlance or based on I'll say the first level is revelational knowledge the second level is theoretical knowledge and the third level is experiential knowledge now revelational knowledge is the revelation of the word of God the revelation of who God is that is the fundamental and most needed and most accurate and yet most lacking in human lives it is the most needed yet the most scarce to find and if you don't if you're not rooted when he was saying my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge in Isaiah 4 6 if you back backtrack a bit from verse 1 he was complaining about their prophets and their priests he kept saying your prophets don't know the words they don't spend time in my law my statue they've lost it all right and at the end of the day if you don't have a, a generation that don't, without the revelation of God is actually destroyed he wasn't talking about information he was talking about revelation the most important thing in your life is the revelation of God. Is what you think about when you think about God. If that revelation of who God is is not central and the core of your theology, of your life, when the times will shake, things will fall apart. Like Ricky was saying, when you wake up one morning and there is no money in your pocket, you will adjust God to one side. Because you have come, you have not come to define yourself by that accurate revelation. So the most important, then the second one is theoretical. Theoretical is all we find around education is all theoretical and then the experiential is more it's it comes with experience you, you go over life so there's some so if you meet some people some people who have actually done stuff over and over again there is a kind of knowledge that they have that is different from rookies or amateurs who are just starting there's that that's the the experiential is the expertise but whether you have expertise or you have theoretical and it is not rooted in the revelation of who god is everything falls apart the most important fact you have to keep in mind when, when you talk about becoming is realize again the world was never destined to end in a book the world was was supposed to become flesh so god wanted a body why are we here god wanted a body that's the secret really god wanted a body he had so much love love was overflowing he had so much goodness goodness was overflowing he needed something to share with he needed something to express it so man became an object created to experience life that god himself would express life through man so here is the fact there are two things every day you live you're either experiencing the world is expressing god through you and God is expressing the world through you. So you become that place where God is actually pouring out himself. So anything that you think, when you think of becoming, and becoming to you is about attaining something, about reaching a height. I think you're settling for too small a definition of becoming. The full experience of becoming is understanding that you are an expression of God. You're a temple for his abode. He wants you to abide with him as he will you. Is realizing that you know you know somebody asked me this question once I was like Freddie I know the voice of the devil I said you do I said I do but I find it difficult to differentiate between the voice of God and the voice of my spirit like the voice of the Holy Spirit and the voice of my human spirit and it clicked in my heart like are we supposed to differentiate it really the plan was the two will become one that you come to such a point in fellowship with the Holy Spirit that his voice is your voice there is no distance but we have people who are emphasizing that separation, always reminding you that you no, 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 no. God wants you to live with an awareness that He is inside of you 
as you are in him jesus couldn't jesus couldn't negotiate his revelation that revelation of who he is in god and he was powerful that was what changed it for him the world today is not looking for another christian the world today is looking for people for sons who have embraced the revelation of their father in them who have the heart of their father who have sort of like come into a place where for certain they're not looking at anything around them to define them but they're looking at the heart of god so if we in 2018 can go into the year keeping this in mind you're not your thoughts you're not your experiences you're not your mistakes you're not your bank accounts you're none of these things you're the revelation of god in you god invested himself in you see he invested i don't know if you get a hang on this but may it come to you even before you leave here that may you realize that god himself invest god invested himself in you that's how tremendous that's how important you are to him that he himself invested his life in you the point wasn't so that he would die to just give us life but that we can come alive in him so he, you cannot receive his life and still coexist in your habits and struggles and addictions those addictions every struggle in your life is a lack of revelation it's because you don't have a certain revelation in some areas and you've not embraced who you are in certain areas that's why you can see those struggles but the moment you you stay on that thing eh, and just accept the fact that those things cannot define you you will begin to see the manifestation of that life of god inside of you i think i'm done guys i think i'm done so um no clap if you want to clap i could do that so just a quick recap all right becoming is really all about one with god union with god and union with god is realizing that like the branch needs the tree to survive god is the environment for us to do life to live you love people through the eyes of god you live through the eyes of god and just as important for us to um, realize again that you are his temple meaning that he, you are the address of God on earth if God wants to love the, your neighbor he comes through you if he wants to show kindness to somebody he would very well come through you he doesn't need a body you are his body but that body is formed with the word the word became flesh just as the word became flesh in Christ the word of God as you interact with the word as you spend time and gaze into the word you begin to build that spiritual gravitas that spiritual capacity that formation of life see if you can give yourself it's tough if you can give yourself to the study of the word please in 2018 no matter where you are no matter what you do never be found without the word that is how you can survive because the word if you don't have accurate revelation and you're praying you can very well be praying any potent prayer praying amiss because revelation flows your prayer has to come from a place of revelation whether you're in declaration or you're in contention whatever you're in warfare if you don't have an accurate understanding of who you are in god and the tenets or the principles for that particular concept of kingdom you're not going to fulfill it so please 2018 we're going to once again reintroduce this time maybe not odyssey odyssey was a tough one we're supposed to finish bible in three months 
we suffer quite a, not a few casualties along the way <laughs> people are just people didn't quite arrive at the journey so but we're going to extend it and do a six months reading plan but the word is not just about the scripture the scripture contains elements of the word that can guide you into the word but when you begin to nurture that relationship with the holy spirit and realize how god speaks to you and you're able to take those words you will build a life that the world is the world in, in its entirety has it even seen we know religion but we know the spirituality the world knows we are very religious people in africa we know we can pray for life now but for the most part it's not about being religious and keeping to certain rules it's coming from a place of awareness of who you are in god embrace your life in that thank you guys um few questions and contribution wasn't uh, I don't know how to put it now that you, he knew who he was in God. So okay, growing up they'll tell you God the Father, God the Son, God are all equal. Now from what you are saying, you are saying Jesus was saying was equal because of you understood he was from the same nature. So I don't know it's kind of confusing because from my understanding about it is like they are one. So if you are saying he recognized the nature that's why he was saying it let me try and clarify that. Now, the, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. So Jesus is God. Settled. But when he manifested on earth as Jesus Christ, he took on a God-man. You understand? Now, that was, a dim- that was a different dimension because he was 100% human yet 100% God. You get. But he's God. He was always God from the beginning. Now, we also have a human nature and the seed of the divine in us. So just the way he was conscious that even though he had taken the nature of man, that was not his definition. We must not allow the nature of man to define who we are. You get. When we were talking, something just something just hit me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I remember one time I was listening to a man of God, and he said something. He said something that you clarified clarified just now. He said something that I didn't agree with then, because I don't know. It was something that I I never heard before. He said, "You know the scripture that says my thoughts are not your thoughts," and so he said. As new creations, we are not at that level anymore. He was trying to say, because you said something, you said, um, we, we shouldn't be trying to differentiate, oh, my, what's my, what's my thoughts versus what God's will is. It should be, we should get to the point where we are aligned with it. So when he said that, I was like, how can you say my thoughts and God's thoughts, like, should, you know, because the Bible says as high as the heaven is from there, so are your thoughts. But I realized that that scripture was to someone who, because the first verse was saying, come to me. It was more like a salvation, like those who don't know God more. more. <laughs> Basically, those who don't know God. And I think it just hit me that that was what he was trying to say. He wasn't necessarily trying to say to, to like he wasn't a, 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 trying to be proud or arrogant or say, you know what, in this dispensation, whatever God thinks is, is like losing the, the essence of God it was more or less like what you just said like we should 
come to the place where our my, our will, our thoughts align with God, with God, and we don't try. We're not we're not outside of God's will. We're just walking with God in alignment. Thank you, Thomas. All right. Um, somebody said I should clarify something when I spoke about addiction, but just to sort of like clarify a few things. Um, the thing about the thing about um, if you look at Galatians two twenty, let's look at it together. Galatians. There was this scripture that I picked out. Um, I'll show you. I'll give you a few to look at when you go home. Galatians 2.20, Acts 17.28. Now, is anybody there? Galatians 2.20. Okay. Galatians 2.20. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. This is one of my favorite scriptures. It's what, like a defining thing for me. Paul was speaking here. No, I need your other mic. This mic doesn't have enough baritone. Very. Yes. You cannot reduce the anointing. All right. So Paul, Paul, there was something Paul knew that was lost on many people. Paul had this accurate understanding that our rebirth in Christ was a spiritual was an identity real alignment was christ himself now coming to live in us as us and live in us accurately as god had intended so before this time man had fallen low all we knew was seeing do this one do that and god christ came to make an example not just for us but of us and he was saying in the likeness in the same he said that we are made in his image and his likeness we carry the same image and likeness that christ had with him but this means that it's not just in the place of manifesting power so really if you know who you are in god and there's a sick person please go lay hands don't be recommending another tablet you understand first of all you have to have that dimension because he would even when he came guess what now when he came when this guy died now lazarus should be that buried the guy just showed up and his sister's like oh jesus you know you came in late i mean if you had been earlier this guy probably would have come on. Jesus, no, he told them, I am the resurrection and the life. He said many I ams. He said, I am the bread of life. I am the light. I mean, there is this intense awareness of who he was in God that was almost borderline arrogant. Alright? He was almost like, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And Lazarus, please come forth. And Lazarus came forth. Now, if you don't have an awareness, if identity is not rooted in a revelation of who God is in you and who you are in Him, you cannot carry that level of power now. And why was He able to love the unlovable? Do you know, love, do you know, yes, these days I've piped down a little on love. Because I was tested. And I was tested in all ways. And honestly, it was a struggle. I was like, how dare? Because in my mind, I'm like, no, 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 no. The human side would say, no, let's be logical. You know, this person willfully just being difficult you understand and i had a stubborn nature that i'm trying to get rid of so that nature came alive and now clash with the person's stubborn nature so adam that was dead now came back so i needed to be reminded that i'm no longer adam christ is now in me like paul was saying the life that i live i now live by the son of god see no longer i live 
no longer I, no longer I, but Christ, no longer I, no longer I. You might say it a hundred times to get a hang on this. No longer I, but Christ, no longer I, but Christ. And the same person that's asking on online about the addiction. I also think that oftentimes addiction on many levels is sort of like a a coping mechanism for some people and it's that they have either they allow themselves to become too attached to certain things that that thing become controlling so for instance if it's uh if, if you make pleasure central to your life you would find yourself addicted to things that would give you the replay of high you always want to relieve that experience because at the core pleasure had taken a center hold of your life but here is what paul, paul was saying christ in you the hope of glory no longer i live christ lives in me christ was engrafted into you to displace every false affection so anything in your life or anything or everything in your life that seeks to take that central place of god will produce negativity like addictions so the point is you don't get rid of it in one day it's a process but i'll recommend stay on the word all right two the mind is where the battle begins and ends the war of addiction is first in the process of the mind one guy shared with us a testimony of how he was he was he was addicted to porn and masturbation for almost 10 20 years quite a long time all right he got to the point where he would leave his office and go home you understand that was how messed up his mind was and one day he said i'm no longer a slave to sin you know that line i'm no longer a slave to sin just hit him something pierced him i was like oh hold on i'm no longer a slave to sin so that means this thing that has controlled me for this long and almost become my second nature it's not really it's an illusion and i'm just relieving that illusion and giving it life by my false beliefs of me thinking this is how i need to survive this is who i am accepting this thing as yourself so the first thing about addiction is attack it with prayer but the renewed mind is where the war is won or lost if your mind is still not renewed to align with the regenerated spirit those things will continue you want to add to that as well it's a bit scared but i guess here it goes so on question of addictions yes and because you know he said um he wants to be clear on how addiction and revelation sort of um you know meet exactly and i remember there was a time when i was also fighting an addiction and then how it broke because that's the only way I could explain it. I know sometimes these things they take, they take uh, repeated patterns of either prayer or fighting, even mentally. But then for me, it felt like it literally broke that day. I I, I remember sitting down and then because it had been a struggle for a long time. I was a Christian as well, and I just thought this shouldn't be. But then I remember sitting down and then it really was the word that I used to war. And I remember sitting down and talking to this nigga like he was right in front of me. And I, ha I remember myself saying things like, you can't control me, you know, I'm under the government and the logic of Jesus Christ, you know. I am a born servant and, you know, I'm. he's bought me with his blood. I, I said things like, um, that, you know, this is a lie, that basically because I felt like I had bought into a lie on what pleasure would do for me as opposed to what God would have me do, what God would, what God could give me by waiting or being patient and so you know saying that you know i believe the word of god i believe that he's true and i believe that he's just he's faithful i believe that by waiting and by obeying i will find you know my redemption and my salvation and my hope i'll find my happiness so it was really um and like when he talks about renewing your mind with the word it's making sure that it's not just you can't just say i'm no longer a slave to fear it's if it's you have to 
livid in the way that it becomes real to you. And so when I say like I almost had to, have, it was like I was sitting and having a conversation with this thing. It was that real for me. It was that level of contention. And the word has to be. It can't just be dogma. You can't just be saying it because it's said. It's not going to just fall. It's not going. You're not just going to say it and it's going to happen like it falls on you. It's believing it that makes it happen to you. It's accepting the truth. It's agreeing with the truth. If God has spoken the thing, it's up to us to come into agreement with it. That's how we experience the truth or experience the benefits of that word. So it's not just saying to by yourself and saying it a million times a day. I remember someone uh, one time gave a testimony about how uh, while he was still in addiction, he'd be speaking in tongues and be doing the thing at the same time. So it's not even just, you know, speaking of myself, but that it's in your heart of heart, in your very mind, agreeing, connecting, and then superimposing that word, that truth over any other argument, coming to understand also that, you know, what you believed before now was a lie. You have to, I had to go to the point where I said, okay, now what exactly did I believe? How did I exactly get here? And then I realized, okay, I've made pleasure more important than my than God's love for me or my love for him or what I feel he's asking me to do as opposed to what I feel I need right now so it was taking all his promises taking what I knew was what I you know what I had what I'd come to believe was true in his word and warring with it I was like you're not going to have hold over me and I tell you it was like I remember I was really crying but that day it broke something left my room something left my body and you know that was how it was for me so in as much as you know it's, it's prayer but then it's also still mental it's in prayer you connect because these things know that this is where it is it's all in your mind these you know let me say spirits or demons but then it's all in the mind really and so what happens when you take the truth of god's word they are life they are spirit and their life you almost unseat something else you unseat something else so before now they were sort of like uh enthroned in your hearts maybe you know and then taking this word it sort of makes almost like says okay please don't evacuate please because god is now king here you know we say uh where what is god's kingdom where 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 was what's the kingdom wherever the rule or dominance of a king is that is his kingdom so if i say that my body is a temple of the lord it really is when i make him king in my heart so i say i refuse to accept that anymore i'm no longer under your control i'm no longer a slave to this uh addiction or habit now god resides here accept his lordship accept what he said about this thing i will wait for i'll wait for whatever it is if it's masturbation i'll wait for marriage you know i believe what he said about it i will enjoy the benefits i'll wait for whoever is made for me etc etc it's basically constantly imposing those words in your heart and keeping him as king because what also happens when you um what also happens is when you get lazy when you get tired that this they come back what did you uh, what the bible say about one going out and then he comes back and checks okay the room is clean now he comes back with not seven times stronger he comes back with seven others stronger than you know him before like in case i know rich bring seven others you know so it's it's not just yes it happens then but then there's a constant outworking you have to constantly enthrone god every day you know letting everything else that's a lie die in your heart and then accepting elevating and magnifying that truth that he said in his word over everything else well put well put the, the mind is like a garden if you are not deliberate about what you engage your mind with the weeds will grow but if you're conscious about staying on the word of god and letting the word of god be the light like you said being the searchlight in the recess of your minds the things that are not god has not ordained to be in your life see uh, c.s lewis defined pleasure as well, there was a way he described pleasure in this book uh, the weight of his glory and he said we are far too easily satisfied like 
humans don't understand the concept of labor so just one 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 brandy you're not you're lost you're happy and it was like that is so infinite it's like it's just a fraction not near a fraction of what pleasure is that god has to be your utmost pleasure and your deepest treasure that if it's that's actually almost a an imitation of a pleasure that is god and until we find pleasure in him we will always make up with false pleasures god is the real pleasure all right and pleasure you replace pleasure with pleasure the last comment i will start praying who whose hand was up what does it Tries the point that I, the scripture I just want to share. It's um, Romans 10, verse 9. It's a very popular scripture. Now, um, 10, verse 9. I'm reading from KJV. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth that Jesus is Lord, that the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I want to buttress the point that Lily made. The reason why some people believe they don't confess when it comes to salvation you have to believe and then you confess that's how you are saved so some people believe they don't confess they say oh like well i don't need to confess that it's because some people confess but they don't believe now the second verse 10 says the reason why if you're passing if, if, if you're battling with an addiction the reason why beyond believing you have to confess because i know the intelligent mind you know when we used to have the intelligent mind it tells you well i just believe well why should i have to confess it makes me look very why should i seek myself and start talking to this thing this is the reason for with the for with the heart man believe it unto righteousness righteousness is basically in the, in the basic sense right standing with god so you are fighting an addiction and two things happen when you're fighting an addiction you have that problem but you also, at times when you want to plug into worshipping God or even believing the things that God tells you, you're not there. So you don't even have that. You don't actually believe because you've done that thing or you've done whatever it is. You don't really believe that, you know, God loves you. Maybe fairly with everything he has said now. But you kind of just still see yourself on the wall of whatever you're passing through. Now, it says, for with the man. So when you believe, the first, what believing does for you is that you have that right standing with God. But confession, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Salvation is from the root of soteria. So it's kind of being salvaged from something. Removed from something and put in another thing. So if you're passing through whatever the issue is, you have to believe. What believing does for you is that right standing with God. But when you confess this word, this word of God over and over again, you see that you, you are gradually salvaged in the physical, I'm talking in the physical now, from what you're passing through, you know, one day something just pops and that's a story beyond for most of us that have battled one or two things and a lot of us here have actually had mine and everything that's one day something just pops as you keep confessing this word and you believe in your heart you're passionate you just know that this is where you are and you confess the word more and more again something just pops one day and you're savage on the mission amen uh does it thanks um so we don't spend so much time. I'm going to pray now. But I just get a sense God wants us to worship, not necessarily pray. Uh, but remember again, the word is a double-edged sword. Everything you need is in the word. I would recommend and I will insist. It shouldn't be your last resort. It should always be your first option. And sometimes take your focus away from the things you're trying to fight. And let your single light and focus be on the word. 
As you gaze into the word and the light, you will see the transformation over time. The realities of your life is only a consequence of the things you've put in prayer before that time. If you start to put other things that are good and of good report and are pure, over time your life will reflect what you're depositing inside. Let's just bow our heads. You can log on to thetribelagos.com or email us at hello at thetribelagos.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on The Tribe Lagos. God bless.